This message is brought to you by The Covenant Nation. All right, without taking too much time, I'll bring to the podium our dear friend, Apostle Joshua Selma. Hallelujah. God bless you. Please be seated. Good evening, everybody. Amen. Thank you. I was so blessed listening to um, the man of God. I came in and I didn't get the teaching from the beginning, but um, profound truths. God bless you. Let's give him a big God bless you. Big God bless you. Hallelujah. What, what he taught was so powerful because in truth, the, the very operation of faith demands that you must believe that that which you expect already exists. Otherwise, there is no basis for faith. The assignment of faith is not necessarily creation. The assignment of faith is to give that which exists expression within this realm. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And let's bless the Lord for my dear friend and brother, Pastor Nath. What an amazing time. Hallelujah. Pastor, thank you again. Thank you and your dear wife. I really appreciate this opportunity. Truly, it's a privilege to do what we do. And we do this because we love Jesus. We truly are motivated by our love for Jesus. And then, like I would always say, our desire to see him revealed across the nations. And we thank him for the grace, the abundance of grace that he has supplied. Tonight, I'm not really teaching so much. I believe that my session is a prophetic session. Hallelujah. And i like us to participate very fully within the time that we have to share together. Let your heart be opened. I am one person who believes that there are a number of indices that measure the progress or the success of a meeting that was ordained from God and by God. When God steps in, in a meeting, there are certain things that must be there. Number one, there must be encounters. An encounter is a process that crystallizes the reality of a truth to your spirit. Without encounters, there is no basis for conviction. I know whom I believed and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which is committed unto him even against that day. Number two, there must be transformation. This is one of the major assignments of the world, like it just happened to us, a reorientation. Transformation is not just another idea, it's a word-compliant idea. You can have another wrong idea, it is not transformation. Transformation is not so much about newness of information, but the godliness of that information. Hallelujah. Number three, I believe 
that in any meeting like this, there must be an opportunity for God to reveal his love and his power in the midst of his people. Whilst it is true that uh, when we come to him, we come, number one, because we love him and that we desire to be changed. But the Bible teaches us that the character of fatherhood is not just in having children, but your benevolence. If ye being evil, know how to give good gifts. Is that true? That means if we converge like this, there must be space where the Spirit of God can minister to the needs of people. And it does not have to be in the conventional way as we know it, but that we factor these as part of the indices that measure the visitation of God over a people. Number four, there must be an opportunity for impartation. Impartation is very powerful. Impartation is the process that allows for transference of spiritual possibilities. Possibilities can be transferred. Are we together now? Yes. It says, ye are all partakers of my grace. A man can be a partaker of another man's grace. So there is more than the sharing of information. Through unity and love, we can open up the spiritual, the rich spiritual investments that we have received and it can be shared abroad so people can go back with graces and dimensions of the spirit they did not come for this meeting with. And then finally, the fifth index is fellowship. Fellowship, sharing together, not just with the Holy Ghost, but with one another. Psalm 133 says, Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. It likens it to the oil that comes upon the head of Aaron the priest, to his bed, to his cat. He says, there, in that state, not in that place, in that state of unity, God hath commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. Hallelujah. And so we thank God for that which God has done tonight. I believe in my spirit and while I was praying, preparing for this meeting, the Lord began to speak to me that there are seven sounds, seven prophetic sounds. Listen carefully. There are seven sounds that we are going to hear upon our hearts and our spirits tonight that I believe is a capture of everything that he has done all through this conference. And my job is just to announce them and then we pray. Are there believers here? If you're with me, say amen. I will run through them. Seven of them prophetically, God gave me in the place of prayer. Number one, the sound of supernatural manifestations. In fact, let's start from Joel chapter 2. It says, blow the trumpet in Zion, he said. And then it says, sound the alarm in my holy mountain. Blow the trumpet in Zion. And then sound the alarm upon my holy mountain. And then a discussion begins. So number one, the sound of supernatural manifestations. Genesis chapter 1 from verse 1 and 2. The Bible says, in the beginning, not from the beginning, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That word create does not necessarily mean, I hear people teach about creation and they say it means to make something from nothing. Creation is not limited to just making something from nothing. Creation has to do with making visible that which is already in existence. 
Are we together now? Yeah. So manifestation is a dimension of creation where you make visible. For instance, the word had always been there as the word, not Jesus. But the Bible now says that he had to assume the frame of a man. And it says the word became flesh. You can't say the word was created, but he was made visible. He dwelt among us and we beheld his glory as of the begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. Are we together? So it says, Genesis 1 verse 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And then verse 2, it says, and the earth was without form. Watch this now. Without form and void. I told you in earlier sessions that it's from the Hebrew word tohuwa bohu. is the word confusion and chaos. It says, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God began to move upon the face of the waters. Isn't it amazing that everything that we say became was already there, as you'll be seeing, but it was not, it was not manifest. The plants, the birds of the air were all in that expression, but they were hidden, so there was no glory. Are we together now? Then the Bible says, God said, and there was. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1, still 1, verse 20, for sake of time. Go to verse 20. Let's read together if you're a Christian. We're reading to 22. Ready? One, two, go. And God said, uh-huh, let the waters bring forth abundantly. Stop. What brought forth? The waters. Let the waters. So in that waters that the Holy Ghost was hovering around, there were many things hidden within. It says, let the waters, please give it to us. Let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that had life. The fall of the air that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of the heavens, 21. So God created the great whales and every living creature that moved, which the water brought forth abundantly. In the midst of what looks like chaos, when the Holy Ghost breathes upon it, there is a sound of creation and manifestation that can come out of it. That what you call chaos is your interpretation based on the lens, your limited understanding. Hovered round the face of the water, but then right within there, there was everything that we celebrate today that makes the earth glorious. This is what the power of God can do. In fact, here's how the Bible puts it. It says, God who had commanded light to shine out of darkness, not into darkness. That means there is light in darkness. But it only takes the hand of God to be able to filter light from darkness. You are brooding over every darkness. You are causing lights to shine from darkness. The Holy Ghost is brooding over every darkness. You are causing lights to shine from darkness. That means be careful what you call failure. Be careful what you call disaster. Because what you are trying to run away from is what contains the life you are looking for. The Bible says the Holy Ghost 
for some of you your pain is like that water but there can be a sound you just allow the holy ghost not worry to brood upon it anything the holy ghost broods upon it is glory that comes out of it the holy ghost was upon the waters you can imagine do you know that one verse two was an indictment to god's power and creativity if I were God, I would not allow that portion of scripture to be captured in the midst of profound creativity. But the Bible allows that the whole idea about darkness be added there. Everything God creates was good. Theologically speaking, it's called the gap theory. It was an attempt to explain the many years of darkness and silence and the chaos that later resulted. But one thing I know, let me tell you this. Anything in your life that looks like a loss, that looks like pain, that looks like something negative you do not admire. Can I help you? Do not throw everything away. Just hand it over and allow the breath of the Spirit upon it. Because you see, the seed for light, strangely, is darkness. God who hath commanded light to shine out of darkness. Are we together? So the first sound that we're hearing tonight is the sound of supernatural manifestations that the waters that look like an inconvenience upon the earth, within it are the plants, within it are the animals and the birds, the fowl of the air. Very quickly, number two, what is the second sound that the Lord is going to be releasing by the Spirit of God as a manifestation of that which is finished according to Ephesians 1 verse 3? He preached so powerfully. You see, I love what he said how that the believer approaches spiritual realities from a standpoint of number one, their existence, and from a standpoint of victory. That is a very profound truth. If you approach things to make them happen, you are already defeated. Our assignment is not to make happen. Our assignment is to walk in keeping with the forces of victory that have been given to us to make manifest. It's a shift in orientation that you must have. Are we together? Yes. Those who do not understand what he said properly, if they do not understand, it will tilt them towards irresponsibility. And then their breakthroughs remain in the realm of the spirit forever while they confess in futility. The orientation that it is finished and is there is what sponsors the staying power to release your faith for its manifestation. It does not mean you hang your hands and say there is nothing to do. Right from the foundations of the earth, the lamb was slain. But Jesus had to now come in the flesh and act out that which was finished. Are we together now? The, the, the prophetic reality of the lamb being slain did not save any man. It was the obedience. He came and submitted himself. So I'm trying to put perspective to what the man of God has taught so that it does not endorse irresponsibility as believers. When we engage the forces of victory, it is not to move God to do certain things. No, it's established. But we have a responsibility because the Bible says these realities reside in the heavenlies. We do not need them there. It says forever, O Lord, your word is settled. Where? Not here. It takes faith and obedience to make it settled here. Are we together now? The sound of supernatural manifestations. And then number two, the sound of deliverance. My God, 
Exodus chapter 14. The second sound, the sound of deliverance. Let's look at 13 to 16. Exodus 14 from verse 13, please. And Moses said unto the people, fear not, he says. This was Pharaoh and the nation of, of, of Israel out of Egypt now. It says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Does that look like what this great man just preached? Because he's talking to a people right now who had their enemies coming to, cap to capture them, take them back, and he's telling them, stand still. When you read this scripture, you will see that after keeping them still, he ran to God and said, what do I do? And God said, why are you coming to me? You've, you've been a good leader by calming them down. Go and stretch your rod and ask the river to part. These Egyptians you see today, he says you will see them no more. Even though he did not yet have the strategy for victory, he knew that victory was already established. Are we together? He says the Lord will fight for you, he says, and that you will hold your peace. Let's jump very quickly for sake of time to verse 21. Same Exodus 14. Is God speaking to someone now? He says, and Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord caused the sea. Do you know what kind of sound they would have heard? Do you know what it meant for the Red Sea to part? Like you are dividing something heater and teether. The Bible says, please keep the scripture, that by a strong east wind all that night he made the sea to part and it was on dry land the waters were divided. What can he not divide? If he divided the Red Sea Creator of the universe, what can't you do? Help me. Shake away unbelief from your life tonight. Creator of sin, what can't you do? You're the name above saying What can you change? Prophesy upon your life You are able Great and mighty God You are able your mind hear you sing one more time you are able, great and mighty God you are able sing it over that rent issue sing it over that situation of embarrassment that I, listen 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 this is a year where you refuse to allow situations and the vicissitudes of life mock the integrity of God. One day, ego better will not change anything. No. There is a sound of deliverance that is riding here tonight that if God can part the Red Sea. He can part the Red Sea, heater and teeter. Please sit down for the sake of time. The sound 
of deliverance we're reading let's finish up that scripture you see in the Bible deliverance and judgment always go hand in hand or hand in glove because deliverance is always needed because there is somebody negating the will of God in your life and if you are separated from that person and that person is left based on scripture even though Mordecai had already been promoted but the the fact that Haman was there and there was a decree already would still leave God's people in trouble deliverance will always go hand in hand with judgment you would read here let's finish up let me allow the Bible speak for itself verse 23 now for sake of time the Bible says and the Egyptians pursued hmm, and went in after them to the midst of the sea and all Pharaoh's horses and his chariots and his horsemen uh-huh and it came to pass that in the morning watch the Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians 25 it says he took off their chariot wheels and they drave them heavily so that the Egyptians said let us flee from the face of Israel for the Lord fighted for them against the Egyptians the Lord said unto Moses now stretch your hand again let there be another sound of judgment that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians and upon their chariots and upon their horsemen 27 and Moses stretched forth his hands over the sea and the sea returned to its strength when the morning appeared and the Egyptians fled against it and the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea uh-huh and the waters returned and covered the chariots and horsemen and all the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There remained not so much as one of them. We're almost there, 29. But the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea. And the waters were a wall unto them. It's called the song of Miriam. I will sing unto the Lord. For he has triumphed gloriously. The horses and his riders have been thrown into the sea. That there is a sound of deliverance. I don't know what may have happened around your life, your family, and it looks like on one hand you are reading that victory that should be yours but experientially it looks like captivity is what you see around you in this conference prophetically there is a sound that is rising and the Lord is telling me to prophesy to someone that these Egyptians you see in the name of Jesus the son of the living God that you will see them no more forever you will see them no more forever you will see them no more forever Number three, what is the third sound that has been released tonight? The sound of victory. The sound of victory. Joshua chapter 6 and verse 5. Please give it to us very quickly. 
Joshua chapter 6 and verse 5. And it came to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when ye hear the sound of the trumpet, it says all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. And then from Give us verse chapter 6 now from verse 16. I'm cutting these verses so that we save time. And it came to pass at the seventh time when the priest blew the trumpet. It says, Joshua said unto the people, shout. Shout. For the Lord had given. Shout. For the Lord had given. Shout. For the Lord had given. Shout for the Lord had given. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 20. Verse 20 of that same chapter. So the people shouted when the priest blew the trumpet and it came to pass when the people had the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat so that the people went into the city every man straight before him listen 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 you see the way of the spiritual man is beyond the realm of science and intellect. Even though science and intellect can weave themselves into spiritual things, I need you to understand that in manifesting victory in the spirit, you must be childlike enough to follow the patterns. Remember, we discussed patterns in the morning. How is victory connected to a shout? I understand that victory is connected to pursuit. I understand that victory is connected to diligence but here is a formula that does not make sense to a natural man that you can shout your way into realms and dimensions hallelujah 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 god bless you Thank you. First Chronicles 14, 15. Please write this down because you will need it. These are the tools of victory. Hallelujah. It says, And it shall be when thou shalt hear a sound of going in the tops of the mulberry trees, that then thou shalt go to battle, for God is gone forth before thee. There are sounds that when you hear, and there are sounds that when you make, is proof that God has gone ahead already. One last scripture. Psalm 118 verse 15. I love the word of God because I have taught you and by God's grace you have learned here that the administration of God's power is within the jurisdiction of his will. The power of God does not work arbitrarily. The assignment of the power of God is to make the will of God manifest in the life of the believer. So outside of the will of God, the power of God has no assignment. And I told you, if ever it has any assignment, is to bring you and any condition into the will of God. 
Scripture is the boundary of God's commitment to the believer. God is not committed to the believer indefinitely. He is only committed to the believer within the coordinates of Scripture. Are we together? The basis of his relating with the believer is the modus operandi that the Bible provides. It's important we understand this. Psalm 118 verse 15. It says the voice, NIV says, the sound of joy and victory, it says, resounds in the tent of the righteous. Hallelujah. Listen. This is very powerful that you can lock yourself in the midst of pain and your tears and you're shouting and giving him glory and it does not make sense. Oh, ask Jehoshaphat that while you are shouting and singing and celebrating him, there are things he's establishing in the realm of the spirit and they're finding expressions. You will come out to meet prepared blessings. And when people ask you by what technology did this result come about, you will tell them that there is a sound called the sound of victory. So sound number four are we still here the sound of favor and abundance please write it down the sound of <laughs> goodness first kings 18 41 first kings 18 41 and elijah said unto ahab get thee up eat and drink for I hear, I have been hearing sounds before, but this one is the sound of abundance. There is a sound of abundance. There is a sound of abundance. There is a sound of favor. In 2 Kings chapter 7, give us from verse 1 please. 2 Kings 7, remember? This was in Samaria. There was famine. It was an economic situation. The Bible says, And Elijah said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, he said, tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel. Now, you see the prophetic dimension. It does not act like there is any challenge. You see, you know God is speaking because he speaks to men like he's speaking to himself. God can talk to you as though there were no obstacles around. Verse 2. Two of that scripture. It says, the Lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, even if God will open the windows of heaven, might this thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat thereof. Are we still together? Verse 3. We're reading to 8 very quickly. And there were four leprous men. Now, watch how prophecy comes to pass. That out of all the people who could be used to make that word come to pass, God would come to leprous men. They were entering at the gate and they said to one another, why sit we here until we die? Verse 4, if we say we will enter the city, the famine is there in the city and we shall die. And if we sit here, we shall die anyway. Now therefore come, let us fall upon the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall die. And they rose up in the twilight to go into the camp of the Syrians. The Bible says, and when they come to the uttermost part of the Syrian, behold, no man was there. What happened? For the Lord made the host of the Syrians to hear a sound. 
these were warriors and the Lord made them to hear a sound and a noise of chariots a noise of great host these were four lepers what sound could they possibly produce and they said to one another look at what happened to their minds they began to suggest things that did not exist and took action after their, the error of their imagination they did not even verify they just concluded that the king of Israel hired the, the kings of the Hittites and the Egyptians to come upon us verse 6, 7 now wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents horses, asses, even the camp as it was and fled for their life. Verse 8 and when the lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp they were into one tent and did eat and drink and carried then silver and gold say prepared blessings and raiment and went and hid it and came again and entered into another tent and carried. You, you can imagine what happened because there was a sound That somebody will hear a sound in his spirit and call you and say, um, I said in 2019 that I will attend to you. Have I attended to you already? Because a sound. There is a sound of abundance and there is a sound of favor. If you do not believe this, Get ready to use your life as a, an experience and a lesson for the generations to come. Because I assure you, if you lack the favor of God and you do not understand the mystery of abundance in this season, you are already at the corridors of compromise. Are we together? Yes. The number one reason why people succeed is because of the favor of God upon their life. And there are three biblical indices that attest to the presence of favor. Number one, unusual kindness. Number two, unusual access. Number three, unusual acceptance. These are the three biblical indices. And you may have heard me say, if it is favor, it never happens once. <clears throat> if it happens once, that is breakthrough and not favor. Favor must reoccur again regardless the current circumstances. Exodus 3.21 And I will give these people favor in the sight of the Egyptians and it shall come to pass that as ye go ye shall not go empty. Esther 2.15 The B part says And Esther obtained favor in the sight of all them that looked upon her. Are we together? Psalm 44 and verse 3 It says they got not the land in possession by their own sword Neither did their own arm save them It would take more than savings to be established The hand of God must rest upon you as touching his favor And in the name of Jesus God is releasing that sound tonight The sound of the abundance of rain In this kingdom who hates you does not matter But who likes you matters because God blesses men through men. It is true. The king sent for Joseph, not God, and they brought him out of his dungeon. Kings, men can redefine the possibilities in your life. There are, I've, I've said it again and again that there are men you cannot cast away. You only pray for favor to pass through their gates. It says when a man's ways pleases the Lord, he makes, there are some enemies you cannot pray away. They are gatekeepers and even God recognizes them. You will pray for favor 
you try to fight with them, you are, you've, you've failed already. Because as bad as they are, there is a covenant bigger than them that protects them. How would you have casted Pharaoh from Egypt? No, God had to give Joseph favor with Pharaoh for him to rise. So that we don't play, pray blind prayers that are products of ignorance. Let me tell you, there are men who are gatekeepers. And even though they are Cyruses, God has found out that their position at the gates is more profitable as far as his purposes is concerned. He will leave them there. The sound of favor and abundance. Are you ready for number five? Number five is called the sound of restoration. The fifth sound tonight is the sound of restoration. What does it mean to restore? To restore means to bring back, to bring back to order or to pattern as desired. And according to scripture, there are two basic things we can lose. Number one, things. Number two, time. The latter is the greater loss because when you lose things and you have time, you can get things again. But when you lose time, you really have lost. So he says, and I will restore the years. He does not just restore things. He restores time. We call them systems of advantage because the unit of destiny you see is time whatever eats up your time has destroyed a major portion of your destiny so when god wants to help you he introduces two systems of advantage to your life number one is called restoration number two is called speed these are the mysteries that help us to walk in time regardless what happened before that time the sound of restoration is god speaking to someone Ezekiel 37 from verse 1 to 10. We don't have the time to read it. I'll just give us a brief on it. The Bible talks about the prophet who was carried in the spirit. And then the Bible says he was taken to a valley that had bones. And he said they were very dry. Very dry meant that they had been in that condition for a long time. I hope you know that those bones were once an army. They did not start as bones. Whatever it is that happened, we know that their current state was that they were dried. In fact, not only dried, but disjointed. In disarray and confusion. And he said, son of man, can these bones live? And the prophet said, only thou knowest. Then he said, prophesy. Speak upon these bones. O ye bones, hear ye the word of the Lord. And the Bible says, when he prophesied, there was a sound. I prophesied as I was commanded and there was a sound, a shaking and bone came together. Everything can come together. It depends on what sound that is produced. Did you hear what I said now? Relationships can come together. Opportunities can come together. You would have seen these bones in the valley and never imagined they still had the ability to come together. The Bible says bone to his bone. And then he said, prophesy the second time. He said, speak to the four winds. Oh wind, breathe upon this lane, he said. And he prophesied again as commanded. And the winds came and the Bible says, there arose an exceeding great army. Let me speak over someone. In the name of Jesus Christ, whatever it is that you have lost, whether things or time, I call upon the God of all grace and by the sound of restoration tonight, let there be restoration in your life. 
let there be restoration in your life restoration in your job restoration in your family in the name of Jesus Christ I believe in restoration the Bible talks about a man who was once the greatest in the East the man called Job he said a man who feared God and eschewed evil but events happened around Job's life and he lost everything except his wife I am not sure anyone has experienced loss in our world to that degree where in one day you lose everything including your influence and relevance he got to a point where his wife said do you still hold your integrity why don't you curse God and die and he said all the days of my appointed time I will wait Job knew what to do at the end of it 42 and verse 10 the Bible get, tells us a very beautiful story there that God turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends and the Lord gave Job twice somebody say twice He said, where you have been forsaken so that no man will pass through you, I will make you an eternal excellency. He says, a joy of many generations. Mm. It is true. God restores. God restores. Rejoice not over me, my enemies. God restores. God is speaking to someone because your life looks like a shadow. People see you and nod their heads and say, no, no, no. This was not you. What happened? Even if you were Samson and your hair has been cut, a symbol of your glory, under a certain condition, God restores. That at the later point of Samson's life, the Bible says he killed more people at his death than he did at his life. May God bring you restoration. The honor and the dignity of your life and family that has been lost, whether economically, whether your influence, in the name of Jesus, I prophesy to you yet again, may my God restore you. Sound number six. Are you ready? The sixth sound that we're raising tonight prophetically is the sound of healing. The sound of healing. Second Kings chapter 5, please. We'll read 1 to 3 and then we'll jump a few verses for the sake of time. The Bible talks about this great man called Naaman. He said he was the captain of the host of the king of Syria. The Bible says he was a valiant man. He was an honorable man that by him the Lord brought deliverance to Syria. He was a mighty man, but he was a leper. Verse 2. It says the Syrians had gone by companies and brought away captive out of the land of Israel. And among them a little girl. And she waited on Naaman's wife. And then she proposed something that will now become Naaman's miracle. And she said unto her mistress, Would God my Lord were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy let's jump to verse 9 for sake of time we'll do 9 and 10 then we'll go to 14 so naaman came with his office his his horses and with his chariot and stood at the door of the house of elijah verse 10 and elisha said to the messenger go and tell him there is a sound of healing but i'm sending you to the waters it says, go to the Jordan and watch seven times and your flesh shall come again to thee and thou shalt be clean. After his pride and arguments, finally they prevailed over him 
and he went verse 14 the bible says he dipped himself seven times there was a sound that he was hearing it was not the noise of water it was the sound of healing and the bible says and his flesh became again like unto the flesh of a little child and he was clean there is a sound that represents healing in John chapter 5, the Bible talks to us about a pool called Bethesda. Is that true? That John chapter 5, that at a certain time, the angel would come and stare that water. There was a sound that if you heard, you jumped into the water. If you were sensitive enough to respond to that sound, you were healed of whatsoever disease you had. So there is sensitivity that you must have. Why am I sharing with you this? Because the few minutes that we have when we begin to pray, it's important to attend to the sound that matters to you. There are people, the sound you are going to be hearing from the Holy Ghost is to tell you this sickness and this infirmity, you do not have to die with it. The Bible already said by his tribes you were healed. Peter said, it's time for you to appropriate that miracle. The sound of healing. All kinds of healing. Mental healing. Bodily healing. Because the Bible says a broken spirit can dry up the bones. You see. There are people carrying all kinds of wounds. Needing all kinds of healings. And right now you, you see what happens to the bodies of God's people. The devil is on an, an, a campaign to wreck the bodies of people. Listen, do you know why the healing ministry is important? The healing ministry is predicated upon certain thoughts. Number one, every human being is only given one body per lifetime. You are not given two bodies per lifetime. Are we together? You only have access to one body per lifetime. Number two, the basis of your remaining here until your assignment is done is the health of the body that hosts your spirit. So when your body is deteriorated beyond a threshold, your spirit would have to leave it in a process you call death, whether your assignment is done or not. So the healing ministry, therefore, is God's commitment to maintain your longevity. And every manifestation of sickness is an administration of death, attempting to walk in your body. Healing is more than showing that a man of God is powerful. Healing is more than showing that a ministry is inclined towards it. When the power of God comes to heal, it is God's commitment. Healing, like all other miracles, carry a message in it. Number one, the revelation of the love of God. Number two, his power. And then additionally, his commitment to keep your body sound. A body has thou prepared for me. This body has to be prepared to host your spirit long enough I'm speaking to someone who has all kinds of medical reports and you're saying apostle I've spent everything like the woman with the issue of blood you see the terrible thing about sickness is that you don't need to have a financial problem the moment you have a prolonged sickness eventually it will affect your finances and every other aspect of your life the woman with the issue of blood had spent all the bible says on physicians and did not get better but she said to herself there is a sound of healing i hear coming that sound is no longer water like bethesda that sound is a man i hear that sound coming and she cried she said to herself if i may but touch the hem of his garment many people were touching jesus but he said virtue has gone out of me 
a woman was sensitive to detect a sound to know it was the sound of healing and she placed a demand for blind Bartimaeus, he cried he said thou son of David have mercy on me and he said what should I do he said that I will see and he received his miracle there there is no reason why you should walk at the end of this conference extended periods in the presence of God you should not go back with that medical report back to the teaching of the man of God if you do not believe that healing is already in place it is not about to be created God is not scratching his head wondering what to do with your life it is finished we look to Yahweh Yahweh they looked unto him the Bible says our hope is Yahweh Yahweh yes we look to Yahweh Yahweh forever Yahweh the seventh sound tonight is the sound of the outpouring Acts chapter 2 and verse 1 the Bible says now when the day of Pentecost was fully come please pay attention they were all together with one accord and in one place verse 2 suddenly there was a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the house where they were sitting verse 3 and there appeared unto them cloven tongues the bible says like as of fire and it sat upon each of them but it started with a sound verse 4 it says and they were filled with the holy ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance when you read on that sound was so evident that it was on the day of Pentecost they distracted I hope you know that Pentecost was after 50 days it was a celebration but that sound that event made the people to almost they just left the activities and came to gather because the Bible tells us that those who were saved were 3,000 not those who came if 3,000 men were saved because one sound came watch this now you notice that the character of the outpouring is that it always comes with salvation. Tonight is a very sensitive night and I want you to please pay attention. It started with a sound. The sound of the outpouring. And when Peter came, the Bible says they looked at them and they said, don't mind these people. They are drunk with new wine. And Peter said, no, 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 no. When you read from verse 12 and 13, others mocking said, these men are drunk with new wine. And verse 14 says, Peter stilled them and said, no. This is only but the uh, early in the morning. We are not drunk with new wine. He said, but this is that. This sound you hear was a sound that a prophet heard years ago and did not know how to interpret it. To blow the trumpet in Zion, he said, and to sound the alarm upon my holy mountain. He said that sound he was talking about, this is that. And at the end of his teaching, the Bible says they were caught to the heart and they said, men and brethren, what should we do? He said, repent for the remission of your sins and then you shall receive this promise. He says, for this promise is unto you, unto your children, to your children's children, as many as are far off, even those that the Lord will call. Can I tell you, 
there is truly an outpouring. The fathers of faith, by the grace of God, I'm a student of revival and I'm a student of the move of God. I have studied a bit and I've had the honor and the privilege of meeting a few people, some in their lifetime, who were mightily used by God in their nations and their territories. I can tell you, every single one of them, including our fathers within the Nigerian history, they died living a prophecy that there was a move coming greater and bigger than what they had experienced. It was Smith Wigglesworth who spoke to Lester Sumrall and told him when you are old, make sure you do not die with this mantle. There is a move of God coming. He said, find young men, train them and impart the spirit upon them. Let there be continuity to this move of the spirit. There are names that when you mention in Nigeria and Africa, some were fortunate to make it to history books, but many, I tell you, that were mightily used, especially in the African soil, never had the opportunity to be known globally. But they were phenomenal men and women. There are men who have joined the cloud of witnesses, and Hebrews 11 tells us that they without us would not be complete. He made mention, he said something that is very powerful about revivals, that you can plunge into it by faith. It is true. There are seasons in the Bible called set times, but it is true that by faith you can activate certain things. It was Archbishop Ben Idahosa that said, if your faith says yes, God would not say no. We know for a shorty that from the time of the outpouring in Acts chapter 2, it is his desire that all men be saved. So there should not be delay in anything that makes for salvation. There's no nation that should be sitting and be waiting. It is true that it was written. He said, I, Daniel, understood by books. Daniel saw that prophecy had been written about the liberation of God's people in Babylon. But he did not just sit down. He began to engage. Let me tell you the truth. Africa is that one continent, and I say it with all honor and regard to every, we're speaking to the globe, but prophetically, Africa is that rejected stone that will project Christ in a very balanced way before Jesus returns. Every continent has had its share of manifesting prophetic possibilities. Sadly, some aborted it because they did not design a system of continuity. What is happening to us in Africa is not just that we became zealous. We are like the four lepers. There is a spirit that is moving us to do what we are doing. So that we will handle our rising with humility. Whilst we point fingers at other nations that may seem to have failed. He said, let him that stand take heed lest he falls. Samuel, you are rising as a new generation. But do not ignore Eli. That even though his eyes are dim, God will speak using his voice. Hallelujah. There are still many things we need to learn from the West. We may not be able to, we may have advanced in terms of the dynamics of spirituality. But please let me use this opportunity to respectfully charge the vessels of glory, men and women of God across Africa. Let us be careful as we point hands in Europe and America as though they are completely dead spiritually. There is always a remnant. Do not make the mistake of Obadiah that Elijah said, I am the only one. He said, no, there are 7,000 others who have not bowed to Baal. 
by the privilege of God's grace, I have met a few people and I have been astonished at their level of dexterity spiritually, even in hostile nations. We need to be careful so that we do not allow pride and the deception that comes with it consume us. There is a revival that is springing from Africa, I agree. The move of God upon Africa is imminent, it cannot be stopped. The hand of God is behind it. Prophecy is behind it. The willing hearts of vessels are supporting it. But we must be careful. Anna the prophetess may be hiding in the temple, but she's the reason why Jesus arrived safely. We are standing today upon the blood of fathers of faith, T.L. Osborne, Papa Hagin. These are men and women who the earth was not worthy of. They manifested dimensions of power and possibilities. Did you know I still read their materials today and you would think you have understood it. You would be surprised. They went far ahead of their age. There is the sound of the outpouring. My apologies that I'm taking a minute or two. But it's important that I drum this. There is a mighty move of the Spirit coming and that rejected stone. Because according to the ordinances of the kingdom, it says the sufferings of Christ and the glory that follows. Whoever participated in the suffering must also participate in the glory. Remember, when Jesus was on his way to Golgotha, every continent ran away from him except Africa. In one man, called Joseph, called Simon of Cyrene. That rejected stone helped him to carry the cross. And in honor to that sacrifice, there is a grace that is resting upon us as a continent to reveal Jesus. You will see ordinary people rise, men and women, young and old, educated and uneducated alike. This is what is happening in Nigeria, happening in his great nation, Uganda, happening across. I've been to a few nations by the grace of God and I'm amazed at the brewing. It's like a boiling pot. This is a call in this conference for every man of God. Number one, to station yourself. To know that this move is true. We have an assignment to do to align ourselves with humility and discernment. Hallelujah. It says, seeing that we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses... Let us lay aside every sin, every weight and the sin that doth easily beset us. And then it says to run with perseverance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the Bible calls him the author and the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross and even despised the shame. My final charge tonight is a clarion call to the body of Christ. These are the sounds that God is releasing upon this nation upon the continent of Africa and it is the flames are going across the globe everywhere I do not know any nation that will be spared whether it's the Middle East whether the Francophone nations listen let me tell you and if you are watching by way of television hear this as a prophetic word right where you are the nation where you are watching from I want you to know that God is counting on you this is not a season of saying God use them uh uh Job said his company, I mean a Joel, that that company is great. It's a mighty army. 
I have seen this many times in my visions. I have seen a mighty army rising indeed. Men and women who the earth is not worthy of. This is one of the convictions that sponsor our drive. I know that this move is here. It's been written. It's an ordinance in the spirit. This revival we're talking about is not just personal revival. I have been to the graves of many people who died for the gospel by the grace of God. And as I stood in front of those graves, I said, look the price these people paid. Some of them died because they brought the gospel to regions. I remember standing across one of the graves and I said, my God, look, these people gave their heart and their all. My grandfather being one of them. It is not only because I'm a preacher, I'm a student of history, and God has given me the privilege to be connected to the lineage that supports this move. He lived and died even for the gospel. Today we have become extensions of his possibilities by God's grace. And we will run this race with perseverance, with diligence, with unbending focus by the grace of God. Is someone ready to pray? Please rise. Hallelujah. Please rise. Our time is up. Please, can I request, I, I just, I just, it's just burning in my spirit to do this. Sir, can I please request for two minutes? I just want Pastor Nath to help me. Please come, Pastor Nath. We're going to blow the trumpet seven times. And for every one of these sounds, you are going to be praying and speaking prophetically. Please, I'd like you to be very sensitive we are going to blow that sound just once for every one of these. I already sense a strong anointing. This is what I sense. Listen, there are people who are rising from this conference. There is prophecy that has been moving. And God is saying it's time. You can't be sitting. It's time. It's time. Deborah, it's time. Esther, it's time. Elijah, it's time. time you are a prophet that has been given an allocation across a region if you do not rise there are many destinies that will be aborted men and women boys and girls parents alike this is that it's a sound upon many waters Hold on, please, listen, listen. Believe me, there are all kinds, I, I, I pleaded for two minutes, so I want to make good use of it. Do you know what an impartation is? An activation means a quickening of that which is dead within you. Some of you here are pastors of ministry. You can't do ministry like you always did before. Listen, we're about to blow the trumpet. I sense that there are prophetic people here and there are mantles that have been looking for you. May this mantle rest on you. Anything you see that is wrong with the prophetic, please help them. It's because you have refused to rise. David, you cannot be in the wilderness forever. No, Israel will suffer. When a season of training comes, Samuel has been looking for you with the vial of oil. I have come standing upon this grace and all the graces that have ministered here. Hear me. 
this is a prophetic clarion call to the body of Christ in Nigeria. Don't say God has lifted men. God's idea is not superstars. God's idea is an army. An army of willing men across every region. In Lagos, Ibadan, Maiduguri, everywhere. Hallelujah. Now please hear me. The sound of a trumpet is a very deep mystery. I wish I had the time would have looked at Ezekiel 47. The Bible talks about the river that flowed from the east side of the temple and there were four levels and to every of the level there was an effect. The final level was a river that overflowed and he said when it flowed to everything that was dead it came alive. No matter what dimension of the anointing you have seen, there is always more. Even in heaven, he said, come up hither. Hallelujah. So here's what will happen. As the man of God sounds this trumpet, he will do it seven times. And with everyone you are praying in the spirit and receiving by faith. Lord I position myself for that which you are doing in Nigeria I position myself for that which you are doing in Africa go ahead sir someone is praying in the spirit prophets rise pray in the spirit it's time for apostolic mantles prophetic mantles entrepreneurial mantles to arise from Nigeria from Africa, someone pray. Grace as of old, power as of old, anointings as of old. Dead and dying ministries. Arise in the name of Jesus. Prophetic ministries. Arise in the name of Jesus. Captains of industry. Arise by the Spirit of God. Arise by the Spirit of God. Marketplace apostles. a prophetic shout give God a prophetic shout 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 hallelujah hallelujah hear me the Bible says and at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and they sang and everyone within the prison heard them. He said, suddenly there was a sound and an earthquake. And he said, and all doors opened. Not some. All doors. Financial doors. Supernatural business doors. All doors opened. 
you are going to shout one more time and with that shout any door that has been closed I stand by the grace of the man of God and we declare all doors in Wolfpack 2023 all doors open are you ready now shout 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 all doors open <laughs> 